Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever is most appropriate for the time that you are tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. And yes, I am your host, of course, Stephanie J. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. What does it mean to rejoice? To experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, and to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. I pray that you're doing well today. Of course, I know there's a lot going on still all around us. Too much to even mention, too much to even talk about. But you remember what I said at the beginning. That's not what this podcast is about. I'm here basically to encourage, to motivate, to inspire, to uplift. I'm here to just bring some rays of sunshine into your life. And I hope that I am able to do that in this short time that we have together. Now, if you've heard previous podcasts, you may have noticed that I have music today. (laughs) Now, I know it's not going to be perfect because I was not able to import the music. So yesterday had an idea. I was sitting in my room, sitting in a chair, listening to my Bible on CD. I was listening to the Gospels and I was thinking to myself, how can I get my music onto my podcast? Can't import it. All of my music is set up on a computer that would be so easy to do, but As Anchor informed me, it is not set up that way yet, but it's something that they're looking into for, you know, the near future. So I was looking at my CD player, my speakers as the Bible was coming out. And I said, hmm, okay, maybe I can try playing it out of the speaker. So what I had to do was take the music off of the computer burn it onto a CD so that I can put it in my CD player and then have the music play out and record into the microphone. So 
hopefully the volume is not too off. I tried yesterday. I recorded probably about six or seven times and deleted it. And I think I found a pretty good range. That's not too low, not too loud. Hopefully, you know, it'll come together, but yay. I got my theme song at the beginning and that's what I wanted. So let me tell you a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. The last episode, I spoke a little bit more on speaking the word of God. And I want to look at that a little bit more today because there was a story in the gospels that I did not get to. And I wanted to talk about this particular uh, story. I sat today and I read through the book of Matthew and I was, man, I was just noticing so much. The, the Bible is just so rich in, in so many areas, but um, I want to talk about a story that is so familiar to so many people. And I just want to look at it just a little differently when it comes to speaking the word. Now, I mentioned before, I came up in Kojic, Church of God in Christ. I came through that entire movement of name it and claim it. Speak it. You can have what you say. I like the way R.W. Shambach says it humorously in his messages that name it, claim it, blab it and grab it. We were taught so much during that time, during my younger years, this is, I'm a kid, my teen years, uh, early adult years, we were taught so many sermons. And if I haven't heard this sermon preached probably about a hundred times, that's right up there with Daniel and the lion's den and the three Hebrew boys and Joseph in prison. I even spoke on Joseph and talk about Daniel and stuff, but I'm telling you, this thing was preached, 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 preached. And they called it, even today, I still hear people refer to it as the word of faith movement. And so the woman with the issue of blood, uh, I was looking at it yesterday in the book of Luke, the eighth chapter, but then I went back to Matthew and then realized that I'd rather look at the verses in Matthew because Matthew gives a little more of the detail that I wanted. So just to take you back a little bit, when I was growing up and I heard this scripture preached, it was always, and I mean always from the aspect of saying what you want, naming what you want and then basically sitting back, waiting for God to perform the miracle. That's basically how it came across. I grew up learning how to believe in this, what we call pie in the sky God. He was like a genie, only he wasn't in a bottle for you to release. He sat in the heaven somewhere and he waited for you to get enough faith Speak the words so that he can release your blessings. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I'm telling you, I sat up under it. I experienced it firsthand in quite a few ministries. And then after that, after the word went forth, then there was the blessing lines. And this is not a joke. Many of you know that this is the truth. Then you had to buy the blessing 
And I ignorantly stood in those lines many times as an immature, naive believer. Believe you me, I don't fall for any of that anymore. And it's been a long time since I have, but I have written all kinds of checks, paid all kinds of tithes and offerings. Yes, I did. I didn't know any better, but you know what they say, when you know better, you do better. So, um, after that, there was a blessing plan in place. Now, if you really want God to bless you, come and sow a seed to meet that need. Come and sow your hundred thousand, excuse me, hundred dollars or your thousand dollars or your fifty dollars. Sometimes the line went all the way down to ten dollars or or after 20, it was bring whatever you have and just trust God to do it. That's how this was preached. But as I got older and I began to look into the word and I began to study different books and look at different angles of it, because my whole question was, God, why doesn't this stuff work the way that they say? And I see it working for some people, mainly the people up top who's preaching this, who are driving in the Benzes and the Bentleys and they're eating fine and they have the best clothes and all of their family works in the ministry and you know their children go to the best schools and all of this. And I'm like, why doesn't it work for me like this? All these checks I write and I'm quoting these scriptures and I'm standing on this word and I'm believing you, or at least I thought I was, and it just wasn't happening. I'm not saying I didn't get little blessings here and there, but it was never the breakthrough that I was promised. So I really began to seek God and seek his face about these things. And so let me just share with you some of the things that I learned because it was not just about positive confession. And then we know that came forth many years later, the PMA, the positive mental attitude, which that does help. We should have positive attitudes. I'm not saying anything is necessarily wrong with that, but in this context, it was taught and linked with the laws of attraction. Um, you can talk yourself into a multi-million dollar home, even if you're broke, disgusted, all your bills are coming through, your life is just a wreck. But if you put up the proper vision board and you focus your mental energy and you have a positive attitude and you keep reciting these I am phrases over and over and then put them on the bathroom mirror, put them on the refrigerator, put them on your dashboard, put it all around you so you can see it. Then you're going to materialize or manifest whatever it is you want because the universe cannot deny you. I've heard it all. Anyway, I don't want to run out of time. So let me look at the scriptures in Matthew chapter nine. And I'm going to start just a little above her story. And verse um, 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thine hand upon her and she shall live. 19, and Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. Verse 20, and behold, a woman. I love the fact that neither Matthew nor Luke put a name there. We don't even know this lady's name, who she was, where she came from. Behold a woman. And so I insert my name. 
That can be me. The same thing that he did for her, he can do for me. We all have issues. Women, you know what I'm talking about. We deal with things that men do not have to deal with. And so it encourages me when I read this story and other stories like this, because it lets me know I can receive the same thing because the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this can be you as well. Okay. So, and behold, a woman which was diseased or diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. This was the verse that this movement basically started from 21 for she said within herself if i may but touch his garment i shall be whole and i've heard a lot of people break that verse down and they would say you know for she said within herself that's the hebrew word this and it means to mutter and when you're muttering you're just muttering to yourself over and over again so that you can hear yourself saying it and therefore you get faith for it so you you begin to uh, mutter this word and you just keep saying it and saying it and saying it until you get faith and then you start to believe and then your miracle comes. Never mind that the Bible says expressly in James, faith without works is dead. But anyway, verse 22 says, but Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith have made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, when I was reading it in Luke chapter eight yesterday, it says, and when she touched him immediately, the blood stanched or it stopped. It said it was immediate. So I began looking at this years ago and I started thinking, okay, I know everyone is putting this huge emphasis on, she said, she said, she said, she said, and she got her miracle. But the step that they didn't talk too much about was, at least I didn't hear it. The step that I, and I, and believe me, I've heard tons of preachers coming through our churches. We visited their churches, preachers on the radio, CDs, tapes, my father bought all kinds of cassettes. I'm telling you, I've heard tons of sermons in my lifetime and still listen to sermons to this day. So I never particularly heard anything more being focused on than she said. The woman said it and she got her miracle just as she said. But notice she had to get up from wherever she was and she had to go to Jesus. And then I'm going to take it back just a little bit further than that in order for her in her condition, having this issue 12 long years. Luke tells us that she went to many doctors and she was nothing better, but grew worse. She spent all her money. They took her money and she was not cured. So she did all of this. So the woman was in a bad condition. So in order for her to get up and even go to where Jesus was to receive this miracle, she would have had to believe it first. There was something about Jesus that she had to have known to even know that she could receive this miracle. I'm thinking that because she was a Jewish woman, a daughter of 
the faith at that time, she would have known just like the Bible tells us when God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel. And when Moses was told to make Aaron and his sons, the priests, um, the anointing oil that they were instructed to make, the anointing oil was not put on them necessarily. It was put on the garment and you'll see the anointing ran from the top to the bottom. And so it was in the border of the garments. And I'm giving you the abridged version. Um, it's definitely in the old Testament, but she knew she had to recognize and know who Jesus really was. Jesus was a priest and she recognized him as a priest. Hebrews tells us today that he is seated on the right hand of the father and he's making intercession for us daily and that he is our high priest. She knew that the anointing would rest in that garment. And so she had to believe that she had to believe it first. That sounds to me like the scriptures where Jesus says in Mark chapter 11 and other places, he said, if you pray, or I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the scriptures where he said, if you speak to this mountain, or if you speak to the sick and mind tree, he said, if you believe and doubt now, not, it shall obey you. It shall be done for you. So those were prerequisites for that miracle to take place. You had to believe it. And then you had to not doubt in your heart. I'm believing that this is what was taking place in this woman. And then she probably sat there. I can picture her in her rocking chair. And she probably sat there thinking, well, you know, what, what do I have to lose? I've been going through this for 12 long years. It's not getting any better. I've been to every doctor in town and out of town. It's not getting any better. So if I can just get to Jesus and if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I can be made whole because I know that the anointing rests on that garment of that priest. So she put her plan in place. She had to have because she did not just stay home or wherever she was. She did not just sit on a porch in her rocking chair. She did not just sit there and keep muttering to herself. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. If I may but touch his garment, she didn't do it 200 and 500 times and just expect her miracle. She said it however many times, but the woman had to be fully convinced that she could receive her miracle if she got up and went to where Jesus was. And we know because of the scripture verses that that's exactly what she did. She went to Jesus and the, the verses ahead of that, it tells you how there was a crowd thronging him and people were waiting for him. And you see Everywhere he went, people were after him. They were seeking him. People were searching for healings and miracles. And that's what he was doing. He was going about healing people. She knew this. So she did what she had to do to receive her miracle. So that is faith on her part. Faith without works is dead. And when Jesus turned him about, verse 22 says, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. He didn't say touching my garment made you whole. He didn't say getting up from where you were and coming to see me made you whole. He said, thy faith made you whole. So it was her faith that got her healed. It was not just her confession. 
Yes, they worked together, but it was not just a positive confession or a positive mental attitude that got this woman healed. And the Bible says, and she was healed and made whole from that hour. I'm encouraged every time I read that because I know that today we're under an even greater covenant than what this woman was under. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that he was bruised for our iniquities. He was, we are uh, healed by his stripes. Peter tells us in first Peter, I believe it's two 24 that by his stripes, we were healed. So he's looking back to what took place at that cross. We know that Jesus received 39 lashes on his back for our healing. So we can go to the father and ask Jesus said, if you ask him anything in my name, it shall be done for you. But guess what? We still have to operate by faith. That is not eliminated. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. And the word says, and he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that is what this woman did in this story. It wasn't just confession alone. And guess what? It's not just confession alone today that's going to get you every little thing you want and everything you desire. There are so many people who have grown weary and have just lost their faith. And, you know, it's, it's so many things that I could say, but I just can't even go there now. That is not the answer. It's not the key for one the priority should be relationship with Christ first and foremost, relationship with him, praying to him, reading his word, seeking his face. Matthew and chapter six tells us, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So the very things that you seek, he says, I have them for you, but I don't just want you seeking me for things. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of these ministers have done. A lot of these preachers have taken this word, this story and so many other stories and turned it around to be just uh, something that you can use. Like I said, God is not a genie in the bottle. He's not Santa Claus. He's not going to give us every little thing that we want and we desire. He provides your needs. I'm sitting here today and I can tell you, I'm not needing for anything. I don't have everything that I want. I don't have every little desire of my heart, but guess what? He told me in Psalm 37 and four, that if I delight, I believe it's verse four, if I delight myself in him, he told me in Joshua uh, one and eight, that if I meditate on his law day and night, it says the same thing in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who meditates on the, the law of God day and night. If you do these things, God is faithful to perform what he said. He's going to do things for us just because he's a good father. He's the good shepherd. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I don't think, and I tried it before in the past. It just didn't work. I don't think God wants us to sit alone in a room somewhere, staring at a vision board for hours a day, sitting in a chair, sitting in a closet somewhere, quoting over and over and over and over and over. I am this. I am this. I am this. I am this. I have this. I have this. It is not just the positive confession. It is believe in your heart and doubt not. 
And Jesus said, and you shall have what you say. You have to believe. And then it goes a little deeper than that in the book of James. James said, you don't have a lot of the things that you desire because you ask amiss when you ask. So there may be reasons why you do not get the things that you desire. But God alone is sovereign. He knows what's best for us. He knows the things that we pray for that we may not even be able to handle. There's so much more to that. People always use the illustration and it's true. You're not going to go out and buy your five-year-old a Mercedes Benz or a sports vehicle. They're not old enough. They're not mature enough. They cannot handle it. I don't think you're going to go out and just write your teenager a million dollar check and say, here, go ahead and just live your life, have fun, do what you want to do. I don't think anybody's going to be that naive to think that a teenager can handle that amount of money. So God in his wisdom and his infinite wisdom and his sovereignty, he knows what's best for us. But as this woman did, she received her miracle. And I'm here today just to encourage you to, to let you know, hold on, don't give up. Keep on petitioning God. The Bible says, ask, seek, knock. There may be things that you need in your life right now. I know there's a lot going on in our world today and there are needs. There are great needs and we can continue to pray. We can seek him. We can, guess what? We can still get up and go where he is because he said, if we draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto us. He said, if you hear the door, when he knocks on the door in Revelation, he's knocking. If you open the door, he said, I'm going to come in and sup with you. So the most important thing is to be in relationship with God and know and understand that it, it is his desire for you to be blessed, but he's not going to give us every little thing that we want. And right now I see that my time is running out. And so I'm going to stop here. These last few minutes, I just want to try my music again at the end. I don't have my instrumental to go out on my theme, but I do want to play a song that my husband wrote and we did um, some years ago that I think is so appropriate for the times that we're living in right now. And I'm just going to let it play out to the end. The song is entitled, We Need You, Father. And who knows how much more we need him today. Be blessed until I speak to you again.
Children sing along. 